Welcome to the TALON project. TALON stands for Teaching and Learning Online Network. As we adjust to the new COVID-19 reality, TALON provides a platform for sharing and discussing resources and practices for remote education. You can learn more at taloncloud.ca. Enjoy this episode. My name is Matt Begin and I'm joined today with Rajuda Nayak. Um, Rajuda, let's start off with you telling us a little bit about yourself. So thanks firstly to having me here and making me like, like get through like this interview because I was really excited and nervous at the same time when you told me about it, but I thought it's a great opportunity to explore. So my name is Rajuta, as you said, and I am from India. I live in Mumbai right now because of the pandemic and I got admitted into the Master of Architecture program in 2018. I did my foundation year then, and then I went for a break for, a, for one year. And then this year, I'm so glad that the college, the school came up with, you know, all the kind of plans really quickly, just so that we could join online and still continue studying. So I'm glad I'm not left without a plan and I'm doing my M1 this year. Um, and yeah, so far it's been great though it's online and um, I'm struggling with the time difference sometimes, but I'm, I'm glad I'm just being able to do what I'm, I'm loving to do. So it's good. Great. Thank you, uh, um, Rajuda. Um, so that, that does just lead right into the first question. Um, so how, how has your learning changed in 2020 compared to other years? Okay. So I have been born and raised in India and uh, my education particularly hasn't been quite um technical or you know one one something that uses a lot of technology um i've always done schooling or my college or anything by attending in class so it's a completely different kind of atmosphere that i'm going through right now but um i think everyone's quite supportive we all are going through this maybe like you know we all are new new to this i don't think everyone's quite well worse so um yeah, we all are like holding hands and getting along and doing what we can. But it's interesting and um, yeah, just just a new experience. So I'm I'm glad uh, something new to go through. Absolutely, it has definitely changed uh, from our in-person um, yeah. type of courses to to the online. So, um, in that light, um, what are some opportunities that you think have been created by this digital or online education? I think one of the uh, most positive sort of aspect of digital education is that, um, especially for me, because I'm an international student, is that I can be with my family. Um, they mean the world to me. So it's, it's so um, relieving that I can actually be with them, spend time with them, and at the same time do my course. So in the foundation year, it was a completely different story for me because I was living by myself. It was my first time living alone um coping up with the masters and just being alone was you know difficult situation uh, though m1 is comparatively difficult in the foundation year I, i'd like to believe so so i, I feel that uh, it's still been less you know stressful for me and that's only because i'm with my family and that's possible only because of online education um otherwise you know i had to be in calgary and just do it the way i did last year 
Mm -hmm, absolutely. Yeah. That work-life balance is definitely important. And, mm -hmm, um, you yeah. know, people always discuss that it's isolation when you're doing this remote learning, but you're actually being more with your family and stuff as well. Yeah. So there, there's definitely a twist there. Um, yeah. So uh, what kind of challenges are you seeing from this remote learning? Um, and I know, especially because mm -hmm. you're an international student, there's different challenges you're facing. Yeah. So I think um, I would like to touch upon like two primary challenges that I'm facing. Uh, one is that I'm not getting to be with amazing people like you all, uh, <laughs> including like a lot of professionals out there. So um, like, you know, that is a challenge I feel because we don't get to connect informally, though we connect like formally over Zoom calls and we have all our meetings and discussions and everything. And we even break out into informal conversations sometimes. But I think if I were there, uh, it would have been like, even more close and intimate in that sense. We could have even gone for coffee or maybe like just hung around at each other's place or something like that. So I think that is one of the uh, you know primary challenges I'm uh, facing. Um, the second I think is the time difference because uh, I am in India. It is like 11 and a half, 12 hours ahead of Calgary. So um, when it is morning out there, it's night here. And when it's night here, it's morning out there. So we, you know, that's, that's a challenge in itself. Um, but you get used to it eventually. Like that's the only solution to the second problem. Uh, so I started kind of practicing a month in advance. I started, um, you know, getting in the Calgary schedule a month in advance, but honestly, I can't even get into the Calgary schedule because I, I'm living a life here. So I need to do a lot of things out here, like buying grocery or maybe like just going out to make a space or something like that for doing my projects or something. So in that case, maybe I'm not even living in an Indian time zone. I'm not even living in the Calgarian time zone. I'm living in maybe the UK time zone. So yeah, it's somewhere in between, but it's, it's fine. Like I'm getting used to it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's quite an interesting perspective and that that you have to operate still in kind of your daytime hours there but mm -hmm. a lot of the courses are different you know for example us working in studio projects together you know yeah. we we're kind of starting to work into the evenings here in calgary time but that's like three or four in the morning, morning uh, for me, yourself yeah. so it, that, that creates some kind of difficulties uh with that I agree. Um, I agree. and i and uh, yeah yeah go ahead I was just gonna say I, I recognize with you too with the studio environment and we're kind of missing out on that opportunity to be able to meet new people and interact and have mm -hmm. those informal conversations. Yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah, I mean, I, I was grateful that like cohort is kind of, um, you know, nice and welcoming and supportive. So, uh, so far, it's always been like, encouraging each other and being with each other and understanding each other's problems. So it's been nice in that sense. But I don't know, like, you know, sometimes um, some people are a little sort of finicky over getting things done in time. And if, if that were the case, if I were associated with a different group and something like that, then I, I don't know how the situation would have been. So that would have been another challenge then, like mm -hmm. how to the human resource. So it's, it's a luck factor when you get associated with the human resource. Sometimes the people are really nice and cooperative and understanding, like yourself. <laughs> So I'm, I'm glad I could be associated to you, but um, yeah, you know, it's just, it's just luck. I feel sometimes. Yeah, fair enough. That, that's true. Um, so that does kind of segue into the next question as well. So with all those challenges that you're presented with, what types of tools are, are helping you with that remote and distant um, learning? I think I lost you. I'm not able to hear you. Oh, can you hear me now? 
Oh, it looks like the connection's freezing. Hello, Regita, are you there? Hello. You're back? Yes, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. Uh, it's okay. It's uh, internet connections. Um, you know, you're, you're working in India and I'm here in, Can in Canada, so it's, it's quite different. But, uh, yeah. um, you know, that's um, part of the process of doing these interviews is trying to get over these connection problems and, and being yeah. patient with them. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I understand that you didn't hear me in that last one, but I was just starting to inquire that with those challenges that you're facing, what type of tools are helping you with that remote and, and distant learning? I think I lost you again. I'm so sorry. I don't know. Oh, that's didn't... okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Um, I can edit some of this out as well, okay. um, cutting the middle, but this is the reality of what we're, we're facing um, in, the, in these uh, um, remote uh, Zoom meetings. Um, but yeah, so the, the question I was asking was, with those challenges you're faced, um, what types of tools are assisting you um, with remote and distant learning? Um, so the tools like are primarily Zoom, like we are connecting to Zoom right now. And uh, that's been a big boon to all of us, I feel. And um, so I think anything like Zoom, Skype, that is really helpful, like to connect with people. Um, I even tried WhatsApp calling someone <laughs> in Mexico. So um, I connected to one another group mate, um, uh, she's based in Mexico, so she's remotely learning and I'm remotely learning and we were going through some Zoom network, I don't know, Zoom issue, like the Zoom was not operating well at that point. Mm -hmm. um, so it's connected to WhatsApp because you were like, okay, the work needs to get going. Um, yeah, that is, those are the like primary three sort of, you know, video devices when like we contact each other. Um, then we um, use OneDrive largely for sharing our documents and Google Docs. And um, I think we also obviously use Gmail or like anything like, you know, mailboxes. So there are like tons of things because everything is digital. So I can't really you know, summarize this sort of, um, you know, information because we use anything and everything that's available. But these are, you know, mostly the things, whatever I just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like even in our current uh, project and studio together that with that time zone difference using Google Docs is quite helpful because I can write something during my working hours here in Canada, yeah. which then when you wake up or when you start working in India, you can see those changes. So I think that's really I helpful. I agree. Yeah, totally. Um, so do you have any favorite type of resources that you might use for remote learning? So maybe not the tools, but more of like uh, any type of learning resources um, that you might use? Um, yeah, so I obviously use the D2L. Uh, largely because, you know, most of our content is posted out there and we get the first-hand information regarding our assignments or content from the D2L. And then that leads to a lot of research. So being in architecture, we use a lot of ArcDaily, uh, DZen, or a bunch of different websites, uh, which are mostly architecturally, you know, relevant. And then I also use the UCalgary um, library portal. Um, so it's, it's quite helpful to go to the library website and have information about books or just download a lot of books. 
Um, I do miss like going to the library in person and picking up books by myself because I am a very like physically like you know I like having books in hand than ha just reading digitally. Um, but yeah, this also makes it easy because like you know we can just copy paste everything into the documents and just use the information by just citing them. So it's quite easy in that sense. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, these are the most of the resources I use. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems to be the ones that are most readily available for us as UCalgary mm -hmm. students, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so the final question, um, what do you expect higher education to look like going forward? So typically we ask in 10 years, but that is mm -hmm. quite, quite difficult to try to imagine that far. So, you know, just, just yeah. looking into the future, what do you think is going to happen? Um, like, I honestly, uh, you know, I'm happy that I'm experiencing this sort of atmosphere right now. But had this pandemic not happened, we probably wouldn't have moved or, you know, had this shift so suddenly. I think it would have taken quite longer. So saying that, um, if you ask me about Canada or, you know, like developed countries, if I kind of generalize, whether it's US, Canada or any of those countries, um, that sort, it might be possible for us to kind of have this online sort of platform when we are learning online um, and you know it's it's kind of beneficial too but I also feel we are losing out on a lot of things like having informal conversations or just being out there even like even in formal sense like when we're working in studio it's so much helpful to have comments in each other's projects which we aren't able to get right now like I, I really wish we can use this technology even better when a bunch of people we can connect on zoom and just be there like we did it for one of our projects mm -hmm. um we were just like working together and we were just doing our own stuff but still working together so i don't think that sort of flexibility is there when we when we are on zoom um or i don't think it's not about the flexibility we have the flexibility but we don't have the acceptance of doing it online yet like, you know, we don't still accept, okay, like working from home and having a group of people online, we've not started doing that yet. Um, so I think, yeah, that sort of thing would be nice. But uh, if you consider like developing countries or countries which still do not have a lot of facilities, like here in India, for example, um, like, like the, there's no contingency plan which has come up yet for students. So the students have not moved to the next year yet. Um, I'm, I'm glad like I'm, I'm having my education out there, but not everybody is empowered or, you know, gets to have a foreign education. So in that sense, I don't see like online sort of transformation coming down here in India anytime soon. I feel it's going to take a lot of effort, a lot of uh, finance to get that kind of platform here. Um, it's, we're, we're just not prepared, I feel, in a lot, lot of sense. But maybe in countries like Canada, US, UK, I don't know, like a bunch of developed countries, they can maybe like, you know, enjoy this sort of platform or maybe have a combination of both because I think both is important. Um, in some sense, you can have your work-life balance, but at the same time have the formal sort of setting wherein, you know, we can all be together at the same time. So I think like a combination of both would be like quite helpful. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Rajuda. Uh, it's interesting to look at that international perspective and seeing how different countries are being able to react, um, yeah. you know, in, in, in a timely manner and seeing, seeing how, how long that takes certain countries to be able yeah. to create these contingency programs. So thank you for that. Yeah, for example, like I, I just like to mention, like right now I'm living in a city in India, like um, Mumbai is a big city. 
But if I kind of move like two, three hours away from Mumbai, like, you know, if I, if I just go outside the city two, three hours down, there's, there's still a challenge of having internet or like Wi-Fi connection and all of that. So you really have to like pay a lot or do something like, you know, by yourself. There's no government or there's no additional help or support from the community. So I think a lot of students out there who are studying in these small villages or you know outside the city are still suffering. Uh, there's a wide gap of um, you know socioeconomic condition where like there are people who are like really rich and there are people who are like really poor. They don't even have laptops. Mm-hmm. Um, how to study like uh, having a laptop is not mandatory here. Uh, you can you you still go to school and you still read uh, from textbooks which are printed. You still take notes in notebooks and write down your notes, and it's a different world altogether. So, I, I really feel sad for them because they're practically not doing anything productive for one year, and it's a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And the government has still not come up with a com- contingency plan. It feels sad to say this, but. Um, there's very little anybody can do anything about it because the population is vast. The challenges are huge. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. And, you know, kind of sad to hear that, uh, you know, people are being left out of an educational setting um, and be able to react to that. So I hope things will improve in the future and more accessibility comes out of this. Yeah. Honestly, I just got lucky. Um, Had I been in India or had I been, you know, studying here at any academic level, uh, despite having, you know, financial stability, I feel because there was, because there's no contingency plan uh, or plan B, I would have been left out too, despite having financial stability. And that's mm-hmm. happening to a lot of students. That's happening. So there, there are students who have been accepted to universities in UK or Canada or US or anywhere, and they were to go, but they couldn't do their final exam as yet. And they're still here. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. That creates a lot of challenges and difficulties for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you very much, Rajuda, for for joining me today and and, uh, agreeing to do this interview. I think it was very uh, insightful into the different international challenges that are created through higher education um, opportunities as well. Um, So uh, thank you again. And I uh, look forward to seeing you again in studio shortly. Yeah, same here. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. This episode was produced by Talon. You can find the video of the interview and more at talencloud.ca. The Talon project is funded by the Richard Parker Initiative. It is hosted at the School of Architecture, Planning and Landscape at the University of Calgary. Thank you for listening.